welcome back to the KCSU pregame show here in the studio. My name is Dixon Lawson. I'm joined alongside Jonathan Gillum and Shannon. Help me out with your last name because I still don't know how to pronounce it correctly. Drotar. Drotar. How are we doing all today, guys? I know. I'm sorry. I'm flustered. I'm all over the place. You know, uh, I'm doing well. I'm excited. First home game of the year. I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I'm pumped. Awesome. What about you? I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens on the field. There was some ups and downs of the last game, and I want to see how the Rams can improve and hopefully get our first victory. Well, we are all looking for the same here. We're going to start off this pregame show with another question. Uh, if you would like to text in, the uh, number is 970-491-5278. The winner of this little prize pack will get a prize packet or prize package sponsored by Old Aggie New Belgium Lager. Um, so that is going to be the first person to text in. Our question of the first segment is, when was the first border war game between CSU and Wyoming? Remember, you can text that in at 970-491-5278. First person to text in with the right answer will be our winner. Jonathan, you want to kind of take us into our first little uh, segment talking about last week? Yeah, uh, I think speaking for a lot of people, including fans, that the loss to Fresno State was a bit of a surprise for several reasons. Uh, Shannon already highlighted the quarterback controversy. Um, I think this was a very, I think when the Rams looked at this schedule, they thought it was a very winnable game. It was one of those games that they probably put a check mark on for a win. And it didn't go quite the way it, they, they planned. I mean, they started off by starting a surprise start. They didn't start Patrick O'Brien, the senior. They started the transfer from Tempo, Otieno, uh, who's a more mobile quarterback. And well, we played all right, I think, for the first quarter. And then after the first quarter, the mistakes really started to pile up. The third downs weren't getting converted. Uh, drives were stalling out, and Fresno State just started pulling away. Uh, OTNO did not did not convert on a lot of key passes. Uh, I want to say he went 10 for 23. Or, yeah, 10 for 23, I think. Um, didn't didn't turn the ball over with an interception. Did fumble though. Did fumble. Um, Which you kind of tend to see with a more mobile quarterback. It's just you don't necessarily see the errors through the air. You kind of see him more more or less uh, show up on the ground game. Well, I would say it's it's a win since you know he it's his first year over here and first game he didn't throw a pick or make a that kind of turnover mental mistake. But um, I I think when. Patrick came in. They they decided to bench OTNO. Patrick O'Brien came in in the fourth quarter, and he went seven for ten with a touchdown to Trey McBride. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think, well, I, I I wanted to give Patrick props because I think he could have been really flustered. I mean, I'm sure he was angry and maybe probably flustered. But he could have let that get into his head. Mm -hmm. Instead, he waited quietly. His moment came, and you can't ask for a better drive. One drive, seven for ten. 70% passing, closing out with a touchdown. I think right there was a statement like, hey, coach, uh, you made the wrong call. Not I got really, this. You know, it was a good momentum builder, and I hope that it translates into this week. I really hope that we get to see Patrick O'Brien kind of take the helm that maybe he was. Uh, he showed that he could last year. He had a very good season, and I felt like he proved to the coaching staff, even with um, – Coach Adazio coming in and replacing Bobo that he could be a potential, you know, senior starter that can carry you throughout the season. 
Um, we're looking across the Mountain West, and a lot of these other teams, they have their one quarterback. They have QB1, and they're not trying to do a dual kind of system. And it's working for most teams. At least the offense seems to flow. And that's one thing that both Jonathan, you and I have critiqued is the offense really isn't moving. It's not flowing. Yeah, and I think, and I think it's you know a little bit of that kind of play calling with that QB. You just saw it. Just it just felt it didn't feel like it was working. Um, I, I think we were down a weapon too. Dante Wright is a big threat. Well, and we're down that was, two two receivers. Him and uh, Ty as well. Yeah, Ty. Uh, but you know, Dante is definitely the bigger threat that w- mm. that we were lost. Um, and I think uh, Myers Craig did pretty well um, without that deep threat. You know, with that well, um, that, without that speed threat that that uh, Dante Wright brings to the table. But mm. I really think um, I really think Trey McBride showed why he's probably the most reliable target or receiver on the team. I think uh, he's going to be a great safety net throughout this year across the middle or in the red zone. Uh, he got that touchdown at the end of the game. I think he is uh, is a stud. It's his junior year. Uh, hopefully we get him for one more year. He played a big game. I'm really surprised at McBride's performance. He had about half the receptions of the team and had twice the amount of yards of the rest of receiving. I say that's quite impressive, especially when his longest was the 27-yard catch. I was very surprised to see that and very excited to see that we were moving along. Well, you know, that's why I kind of highlighted him as my highlight player for the offense coming into the season. Uh, I saw this last year. I saw his potential to kind of just put a team on his back. You know, he's already a big tight end, and he can carry the weight of this team. He's a senior now, and he really carries that well. I think it's going to... He's going to prove to be a big leader this year. But we've talked a lot about the offense. Let's at least touch on the defense here before we wrap up this first segment. So what were our opening thoughts on the defense? Uh, I think the word, I think, to describe it was poor. Um, And I'm trying to be nice here. But I don't think the defense played very well at all. Uh, I want to say off the top of my head, we had four total sacks, and that was the best part of our defense. Um, I think the, the back end... Didn't play very well at all. The defensive backs are young. You can tell that, and they're making a lot of mistakes. They are out of position at times, and that's a, a big weakness on this team, I think. Uh, I think there's not much to say other than they need to make some stops once in a while, and they need to create turnovers. It's a college defense. You're not expected to to be this shut-down defense that we see sometimes in the NFL, but in college you need to create turnovers and make key stops sometimes. Well, you know, I'm listening to you. You're just really critiquing this defense. So what would you change there, uh, Coach Jonathan? Well, <laughs> well, I, I kind of it would kind of be that the changes that they need to be creative with how they get pressure to the quarterback. Okay. Because when you when you have a weak secondary, the the one way to make up for that is a really good pass rush or pressure on the quarterback. You know, both together. Uh, if you can't get enough pass rush with four defensive linemen, you know, your base four, then you got to bring extra men blitz. And you got to make that quarterback feel uncomfortable because these corners aren't going to win. Well, they aren't going to win their one-on-one matchups, which means you have to play them off. You you can't have them bump. You got to bring pressure to the quarterback or the vice versa. You got to always have two safeties at top to help those corners and make sure they don't get burned. But you got to be able to balance it because you still have to be able to bring pressure that quarterback if he doesn't get pressure by a four-man front, those two safeties are they're going to be needed to blitz sometimes too. And Shannon, what do you think? 
the biggest worry I have was with the passing. Their average for pass was 9.7 yards. So if you're not able to stop the pass, then there's going to be no way that you can stop the first downs and they are going to march down the field, run over you and get the touchdowns. And we can't have that if we're going to want to keep going and win, get through and hopefully get some of our touchdowns ourselves. We don't want to completely rely on the defense to stop the other team. Well, no, absolutely. And that's been a reoccurring theme. Uh, across a couple of years here at CSU, and it's a story that I think we really need to change. Um, our defense needs to come up big at times, but the offense needs to be able to carry uh, this kind of football team. They have a lot of weapons and a lot of talent, and I think if we're just a little more creative, like how you're saying on the defense, you get a little more creative about how you get pressure. If the offense is a little more creative, how you get the ball in the hands of some of these uh, key players, or maybe it's a simple fact of you guys need to want to beat the defense play after play you want to smack them down and you want to play the tough bully football that really you don't see anymore i don't know if that is our team but that's potentially a strategy i'm curious if we're going to see zone tonight a lot of zone that's that's my my thinking because if you play a zone it kind of puts the pressure off a corner a defensive back to have to have that one-on-one battle right and then mm-hmm. you typically in some zones you'll have a a safety high or two safeties high, depending whether you're doing cover two or cover three. But I wonder if they're going to try a more zone tonight to kind of give that – see how the defensive line can get pressure. Plus, a good zone package can start off as a good run defense, and we'll talk about that later. Absolutely, we will. We are going to kind of bring up – we got to go to a press conference earlier this week with the O coordinator and defensive coordinator for CSU. So we're going to discuss all that and more. But before we go, I want to remind everyone, uh, we do have a prize from New Belgium Old Aggie on the line. All you have to do is answer one simple question from me. When was the first Border War game between CSU and Wyoming? And all you got to do is text that answer into 970-491-5278. That number is 970-491-KCSU. We'll be right back here on the pregame show. Keep it locked. 90.5 KCSU FM for Collins. And welcome back to the KCSU pregame show. Pregame show here on 90.5 KCSU FM for Collins. I am Dixon. Joined alongside Jonathan Gillum. Hey, buddy. We're into our next segment. What are we talking about today? Well, uh, we kind of just finished our last segment talking about the defense, which is brings us to... We just had a press conference on Tuesday where offensive coordinator Joey Lynch and defensive coordinator Chuck Heater took questions from the media. Um, Dixon, you were present for I this press conference. I was part of that media. Part of that yeah. media, yeah. Um, so go ahead. Let's let's find out what the – we'll start with the offensive coordinator. We started offense first time. Let's let's hear what, what did Joey Lynch have to say about all of the kind of mistakes in the offense not moving. So it kind of – focused around the offensive backs uh, to start out. He uh, touched on Marcus uh, McElroy Jr. Um, He thought that he had a really good game. He just didn't have the uh, ability to get out of the pocket and have the explosive plays. He thought if he had a little more space, a couple more blocks, he would have made those bigger plays. Um, And then he also touched on the backup running back, uh, Ajon. Um, he was a receiver in training camp two weeks ago, and then they decided to switch him over to running back. So um, he equated most of the uh, the lack of success lack of success that he was having to just the inexperience of him being at the position, and he thinks that he'll be able to take a big stride week one to week two. 
Yeah, and I think he didn't do horrible. He had, I think, what, eight eight touches for 26, 3.3-yard average. I mean, it's not amazing, uh, but it's still for pretty first decent. Game at for your back. first, first yeah. game, coming off the bench, three, three and a half yards. It's, that's, you know, it's not bad. So, you know, hopefully we can see some improvement there. Uh, also, so the the offensive coordinator, Joey Lynch, he he's what was he kind of avoided the, the quarterback controversy mm-hmm. a little bit. But he did touch on it. So the biggest thing that he came away or he wanted to make known is that he has two deadly quarterbacks and two quarterbacks he has trust in. That week to week, he's going to analyze what the defense is going to offer them and what quarterback he thinks is going to perform better against that D. What does that mean? Well, he doesn't want to really make a QB one, and he's going to keep that decision week to week. Personally, uh, that's where it gets tricky because if you're wrong about a team or a defense can understand that, oh, they're probably going to you know switch it up or if they're not game planning around a certain quarterback, you don't have that element of surprise. It's not really... Um, super helpful in my opinion but we'll have to see what they do in the future he does have uh hope in both of them and he's planning on using both of them throughout the season yeah so he the way he made it sound like is almost that they're not gonna let anyone know what quarterback's gonna start and then it's gonna be almost a game time decision based on what kind of offense they were gonna want to run that day Mm -hmm. Which, you know, like I said, it's got its pros and its cons. We will see. This is only the first game where we've, uh, you know, seen it in action. Yeah. We're going to have to wait till week two, week three, before we can really say if it's a good or a bad system. Uh, what I think that, you know, saying one thing is is one thing, but, sorry, that's a cliche, but the actions, I think, speak a lot louder than words. I know I say that a lot, but I think that what that means, and when you really look at it, is... That means I want one of these quarterbacks to show me that they're the clear-cut starter. That's what I think mm-hmm. that's telling me. I think if whoever quarterback starts today, and I think it's going to be Patrick O'Brien, if he has a, a really solid day today, I don't think we're going to see the other quarterback. That's well, what I think. You know what? We will see. But uh, another thing they touched on was getting the two key pieces back, which would be Dante and Ty, getting yeah. them both back at wideout. Um, the key that they both possess is – huge to the team that they're going to be able to open up some of those downfield opportunities um and offensive coordinator lynch was super excited about that then he kind of got asked about the wyoming defense they're a bully defense they like to stack the box play the numbers um and he believes that they need to be able to run the ball successfully and that they need to complete and um they can't miss a chance last week they kind of gave up a few uh touchdown passes that can't happen this week they need to be crisp and clean uh, and they really got to improve their third down percentage yeah, and I think uh, the defensive coordinator, I, I think he was pretty frustrated with his team's performance and had a really good press conference. <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, the defense is going to be key. I, I think we'll talk about kind of the keys to the, the game more, but we, I think, are going to go to our special guest here. Well, we do at least have the defensive coordinator to talk about. We can't forget about his, oh. his side of the press conference, um, but his is a lot shorter. The biggest thing that he was talking about is the defense needs to limit their mistakes. Uh, the mistakes that you saw in the first game, they won't happen in week two. He kind of just kept repeating himself. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. Um, it was very much circling questions that he would just loop back into it. Um, but he talked about the Wyoming offense. They like to run the ball. We're going to be highlighting that very, very soon. Other than that, he says that play actions have the potential to be big. Um, just because when you get into that lull of just run, 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 uh, play action can really kill you down the field. Um, and he really hopes that this can be the turn in the rivalry game. You know, at the end of the day, he said, you don't have a rivalry unless you actually win a couple of games now and then. So 
Um, we will have to see if either of what both coaches were saying will come tried and true. But yes, now I do believe it is time to bring the man, the myth, the legend, the greatest back into the studio. Um, so we're going to take a quick break while we get him settled. Be sure to keep locked to the pregame show, uh, underwritten, sponsored by New Belgium uh, Aggie Superior Logger. And welcome back to the KCSU pregame show, sponsored by New Belgium Old Aggie. We got the special guest back in the studio. His name is Nick Baker. Nick, welcome back, my man. Hey, thank you. I'm glad to be back. Uh, it is. It's been so long since these or these airwaves have heard the voice of the great Nick Baker. But we're glad to have you in, Jonathan. Why don't you take us away? <clears throat> Nick, I just want to say that the Nick Baker Show on Mondays is now the Sports Pod. But I, I gave, heard. But I gave you a shout out on the first day. I was like, all the listeners, just so they know, Nick Baker has moved on to better and greater things. He's no longer at CSU, and I'm taking over. No. <laughs> All right, but Nick. Very exciting. You've been in the sports department for a, you know, a long time. Mm -hmm. And tell us about your experiences with watching covering Wyoming. Yeah, so I, I was in KCSU sports department for five years, five football seasons. I've been to five border wars. Uh, I've only seen one CSU win. Every game, though, has been pretty exciting. Um, even if Wyoming's really good or CSU's really good and the other's very bad. Just a, a rivalry, super exciting to watch. My favorite one, uh, flash it back, I think 2017 was the year in Wyoming, in Laramie, 16 to 13 final score. Josh Allen was the quarterback in that game. Um, I went to that game, super, super exciting. And it started off completely blank slate by halftime inches of snow on the field i almost died on the drive back super exciting and my friend got his phone confiscated by wyoming's athletic department because he took a video of josh Allen warming up well you know what uh i'm surprised i haven't lost my phone to csu by this point yeah. but you did also answer our second question we had for you which was your what was your favorite border war matchup yeah um so we'll go ahead and jump right into number three before we have game show time what about the border war makes it special for a rivalry? Like, what about the border war specifically? Yeah, well, I kind of touched on it. It doesn't matter if one of the teams is, like, ranked and one is, you know, completely defeated or vice versa or they're both completely even matched. Something about a rivalry game makes you feel like it's always within grasp. Uh, and and I, I thought the same thing about the Rocky Mountain Showdown for quite some time. I still kind of do, but not to the same extent. You see it in, in high school. You see it in the NFL, across sports. It doesn't matter. It's, you know, these teams hate each other and, you know, things kind of go out the window at that point. Mm, very true. Um, I do believe, though, Nick, mm. it's finally time for you to kind of reverse roles. Yeah. For a long time, you've sat where I'm currently sitting in the driver's seat. Sure. It's time for you to sit and have to answer some questions. Win the game show prize pack sponsored by New Belgium Old Aggie. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Jonathan, how do you want to sit? You want to go one, two, three, four? How yeah. do you want to rapid fire You want to do, do every other? Yeah, let's, let's, do, let's, let's do, do every that. other. All right. Yeah. You All go right. first since mine's uh, my question is number two. Yeah, okay. All right. Number one, Nick, how many times has Doug Flutie been named to the CFL, and that is the Canadian Football Leagues, as the most outstanding player? How many times has he been named that? I, I got a first beforehand. The most outstanding player award. Hilarious name for a, an, an award. Very true. Um, you know, I'm going to be completely honest, too. <gasps> this is going to be a rough start, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, don't know. <laughs> it's six. What? Why? 
I don't know. Because Doug Flutie <laughs> is a generational talent, Nick, <laughs> that's in that, Canada. He has a great name, too. Well, you know, maybe that's kind of just I love the that. part of it. But it's okay. Warm-up question. You're a little. You're feeling the yeah. nerves. No, yeah. we got to shake some rust off. What is the name of the latest expansion team in the NHL? Just making sure you're still following some current events. Well, latest, like, like current. The, the about to be the, coming is yep. the Seattle Kraken. Boom. Perfect. Yeah. That's one for two. I was ready to get tricked. I was like, <laughs> I'm, I don't know. You want the we, Golden Knights? We're about to know. go to Las Vegas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we going to do this? All right. Nick, number three. What was the final score of Wyoming versus CSU's last game played on November 22nd, 2019? Ooh, the last game. Uh, it was a close one. Not super close, though. I want to say maybe 27-23. And Very 17-7. close. 17-7. Oh, very close. That's very okay. Close. De- similar deficit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Moving on to question number four, though. Yep. How many Denver Nuggets jerseys have been retired? Four? Seven. Okay. Man, I might I might have un kind of just I was expecting these to be a breeze for you, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, yeah, my CFL trivia is a little rusty. <laughs> well, they're so Denver we, Nuggets. We trivia. threw that one in though, yeah. just as a curveball for you. Yeah. Just to make sure we get you off in the rough foot. That's okay. We'll move on to question number five. Nick, you have a favorite player, right? Nick, I, you, I have several. You like Mike Evans, right? He's okay. But do you have his jersey? I don't. Okay. You're such a liar. Okay. I don't. What Buccaneer jersey did you always wear into the office? Doug Martin. Doug Ooh. Martin? The muscle hamster. That yeah, is his enough. nickname. That's fair enough. Wow. It's the coolest nickname in sports. And he hates it the most. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he hates it he hates so it. much. And that's what makes it better. Mike Evans is okay, though. He's he's all right. Okay. I kind of prefer Chris Godwin or the ticking time bomb Antonio Brown. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna throw this one with, with a hint then. Okay. Okay. Oh, you got some Mike Evans trivia for me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's where we were going with what, that. What high school did Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans play for and I'm going to give you a hint on the name it's it's very similar to the new Nuggets stadium name new Nuggets stadium name um, I don't know I didn't know that it got renamed to be completely honest with you well wow <laughs> well, that would have got was, you later there was a question that, about that, that later that on pretty much gave you the answer to the high school yeah darn well, well uh, he probably went to Mike Evans high school no Mike Evans Memorial High School yeah <laughs> no you know, Nick, I just want to apologize, man. I, I how, about truly... this? how about this? You name the coastal Gulf Mexico City that he played high school at. We'll give you the question. You know, I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Still don't know. Yeah, he probably doesn't know <laughs> Texas very well. Okay. It's okay. Let's move on. We got question Did you go number... to Corpus Christi? Oh, so close. Galveston. Oh, okay. And it was Ball High School. Oh. And the Nuggets Pepsi Center got renamed Ball. Oh, renamed. Yeah, don't ball, worry. We'll, we'll ball, come, ball got it? Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll come up with a new uh, question. Okay. Uh, who is the lone retired jersey for the Miami Marlins? The Miami Marlins. It's a big name. It's, it's a really big like, name. Out of, if you were going to retire a jersey mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. going to only have one, you got, oh, you got oh, to Jackie put, Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The Rockies were in the same boat until Todd Helton. That's true. That's yeah, I was trying true. to think of a notable Marlin that's retired, and all I could think of was Miggy. He's not retired. Well, I'm not going to lie. I looked it up, and I was shocked. I was like, Weird. I mean, the Marlins are awful, right, and but, they've always been awful. But Jackie Robinson wasn't awful. Yeah, yeah well, but he played more prominently for the, the Dodgers, he, he the Brooklyn He didn't play for Dodgers. the Marlins at all. But the, what, They weren't pl- even a team when he played. He played or for the, the Florida Marlins. Yeah, he didn't play. I mean, they came into existence in like 95. Well, he is the only retired jersey for the Florida Marlins. He's retired Marlins. on all teams, though. That's Exactly. Why. Trick question. That's you should have said that, man. You would have got me. Oh well. You know what? 
Uh, I do have to turn it over to Jonathan, though. This one he, he handcrafted. All right, I'm okay. excited. All right. How many times have the New England Patriots been caught cheating officially? Well, I mean, going back into like the 40s and 50s? I don't no, know. No, no, since the Tom Brady three. and Bill Belichick era. Probably three. Five, maybe. No, he's you right know, five. No, you're right. You're right. It's actually five. Because you got Spygate twice. <laughs> yeah. You have filming the Bengals' sidelines. You have Deflate Gate. Mm-hmm. And then you have the PED Gate. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's the whole Aaron those Hernandez are the ones that, thing. That's not cheating, but, you know, yeah. that was a huge scandal. And those are just the ones that they've been officially caught and reprimanded on. Mm. Are you still on the anti-Patriots bandwagon, Jonathan? Even yeah, after, that was specifically first. Even after to talk about it. Even after Tom left, you're still on it? No, I just I just think it's it's it. a it's a it's a quiet part of the media that just they're not they're afraid to talk about them in a bad light. And I'm not afraid to talk about them. Yeah. It's interesting. The media doesn't, but like literally every fan does. It's True. Weird. I gotta be the voice of the fans. Now. I'm the voice of the people. I'm Nick. the voice of the people, brother. The patriot hating people. The the good news is is those first uh, seven questions. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, we we wanted to have fun with the interview. Yeah. Those those weren't legit, but we do have two very serious questions to right. ask you. I'm very One, serious. I hope you remember, and if you don't, it's gonna crush my heart. I and probably two, don't. You will. Had a lot of concussions. What is the single greatest call in KCSU baseball history? The single greatest call, like the game, like the instance inside of the game. There was a single moment. During a playoff run that you called. I called a lot of games. <laughs> okay. Um, let me. We, we put it up for CBI awards. Oh, uh, yeah. Still don't know. All right. Um, <laughs> it, it's a, it's a that play that happens that in baseball that's, that's kind of rare, but it's a really big, high scoring event in baseball. Uh, a route of some type? <sighs> It's okay. You know what? The Grand right. Slam. Yeah. Ah. The okay. the Grand Slam there back in the 2019 playoffs where they oh, came yeah. back and then they had the Grand Slam to walk off and win it. I do remember that. I'm, you know, that's okay. You you did have a lot of games. You were like you said, I've five years a lot here. Of, called a lot um, of games. But if you don't get this one, I am sorry. You will not be receiving anything okay. from this pregame I'm show. Gift, gift on the line. If you get this question, gift on the line. how many times has Coach Tom Hilbert led CSU to an NCAA tournament appearance? Every year. Okay. How many years is that, man? Uh, I'm 23, 23. Atta boy! Yeah. Nick, you, Looks up. you redeemed yourself. Okay, you just redeemed yourself. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a long-standing fact I've known. He's been coaching at CSU since the year I was born, and he has won into the playoffs every single year. You know what? We are very excited to see this year. But, Nick, I just want to say thank you for coming on, man. It, oh, absolutely. It truly was a pleasure. I'm sorry we did throw you some, some true curveballs. I... Wait, we, we have a, a closing question to ask mm. good old Nick. Nick, yep. what do you think CSU needs to do to beat Wyoming tonight? All right, so former pass rusher myself, I noticed a good pass rush last week. However, it was the wrong pass rush. Um, you see a lot of pressure coming to the quarterback, but you see it coming quick. You see it coming uh, in a variety of fashions, and what you want is you want it to be coming from around the sides. You want to make them feel closed in, and you want to help that defense out because that secondary is just awful. Uh, and with this great running back they have, uh, he has the, the Wyoming running back. Have you seen his name? Yes. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's Xavier yeah. Valade. Yeah, Valade. Uh, he's a pass-catching back. He's a quick um, 
runner who can go between the tackles, which is rare for a pass catching back, and you need that pass rush to go around the outside, keep keep those screens away, um, because you know if, if screens are coming into this CSU pass rush or CSU secondary, they're they're the equivalent of like a high school secondary. They don't know how to deal with screen. Very true. Um, you know that's probably the most honest honest answer we've had in a long time here. But it needs to be it needs to be heard one hundred percent. Yeah, the like, pass rush is the, the best I've seen in years, really. Absolutely, Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, any other closing kind of remarks? I think that's what we got for the uh, great Nick Baker. Nick, thanks for coming on. Pleasure to be here. Uh, as always, though, we are going to be coming back here very soon with our last segment before the CSU football game tonight here at. Uh, Canvas Stadium, so be sure to keep it locked here on 90.5 KCSU FM Fort Collins. And welcome back to the pregame show here on 90.5 KCSU FM Fort Collins, brought to you by Old Aggie Superior Lager. I have Shannon Drotar with me. I'm not going to mess it up this time. You're good. You're good. You, you got it right the first time. You just had to ask. That's all. Well, you know what? Uh, there's nothing wrong with asking. But for our last segment, we are going to first ask the question. Uh, that once again, you can text in at 970-491-5278. Win a prize pack. Uh, that question is, what is the name of the trophy for the Border War? Uh, we're just looking for the two-word answer to that. But let's get into Wyoming's key players. Who's going to be hurting uh, CSU uh, in tonight's game? We're going to start off, Nick kind of touched on it, Xavier Valadez, the leading rusher. He's got 54 carries for 250 yards and two TDs across two games. Right there alone, that's just rushing. I didn't even add in his passing game. Uh, he is the second leading uh, receiver for Wyoming and he's a running back he's going to be deadly and you're gonna have to stop him he can hurt you in a multitude of ways they're gonna try and line up in the box and just out block you and then they can also slip him out maybe on a, a little out route or maybe a play action play a fullback or a fullback flat halfback flat uh, and he can really hurt you looking over then at the starting QB Levi Williams through two games he holds a quarterback rating of 111.79 so overall very solid 25 for 49 through the air for 339 yards alone touchdown and interception what i take away from that is they don't throw very much across two games only eclipsing 300 yards they like to run but he can make the plays when he needs to um he can be sloppy he has the potential uh, for the defense to make some plays on him and i think that'll be the key making him throw getting a little pressure um and hopefully you can throw him a little bit off balance shannon do you have anything to add uh, on Wyoming's kind of top two players. No, I think you about covered it. We just kind of got to worry about the running game. We got to make sure that we're on the ground and keeping that to a minimum. Oh, absolutely. And then we got uh, about six keys to victory here. Um, that is kind of lengthy, but, you know, yeah, it's kind of necessary after when you go 0-1, you have some things that need to be fixed. Starting off with the offense, you need to improve third down conversion. Uh, I believe they were, it was uh, four for 13. Four for 15, actually. Four for like 15. Yeah, 26% on third downs, which is not ideal. Not ideal. Not going to win you a game. I don't really care what offense or defense you have there. Yeah, you definitely want to have more than a quarter of your third downs be converted properly. That would be unfortunate. And it also doesn't help that we went one and four on fourth downs. Also don't want that to happen if we get we need to get points. We need to get the downs converted, more first downs, gets further down the field, and we can get some more points on the board. 
Well, if you're going to go for it on fourth, you got to get it. That is a very big risk that you're giving up, and you need to at least be 50-50 on those. I understand you're not going to get every fourth down, but at least try to get 50-50. Moving on. Keep it simple, stupid. That favorite acronym, no fancy play calling. Run plays which the QB can be the most successful. I say QB there because we don't really know who's going to be starting. This is talking to CSU's offense. Uh, they need to run plays that will gel with the offense, help it move. Um, because so far, we haven't really seen it be a fluid, flowing machine. looks very stagnant, and it gets beaten easy. Uh, going on to number three, Wyoming will try and load the box. So CSU needs to keep the run game relevant, but attack them with one-on-one mashups. Um, Jonathan was highlighting Dante Wright, Trey McBride, and Nate Craig Myers uh, to have a lot of one-on-ones. When you have one-on-one matchups, you need to make someone miss. You need to make a play. This is where you can truly see what uh, potential and what skill a player has. And I'm looking forward to seeing what is going to happen tonight. Moving on to number four, you can't miss opportunities this week. I've touched on it a lot. When the CSU offense or defense has a chance to make a play, it needs to be made this week. You can't drop uh, touchdowns in the end zone. Like, you know, case in point. Uh, you got to make your blocks. You got to finish your blocks. You have to just play a full solid game if you want to win. This is a rivalry game. This is a big, important game for CSU, which means something. Shannon, anything to add? I mean, it's already a bit of a downer, and it doesn't feel great for the players to be 0-1, and getting that victory would absolutely be a huge morale boost as well as making us look a little bit better on the stats. Absolutely. Moving on to point number five, CSU needs to be a single unit this week. They can't be individuals. Shannon, we were kind of talking about this off-air. Want to elaborate on that? Well, one of the big problems is without much of training and they're college kids, so they want to prove themselves and they don't want to seem like, oh, they're part of They want to be themselves if they want to be drafted into the NFL. But the biggest thing is if you don't work as a team, you don't win as a team. So if you play as a team, work together, you can win as a team. You don't win by one player. You can't just have the quarterback be perfect. You can't just have the tight end be perfect. You have to have everyone working together in a unit to be able to win the game entirely. Absolutely. And the last point we want to touch on is the defense needs to get pressure on Wyoming's quarterbacks from either the blitz or the base four. Uh, Nick kind of touched on this, getting pressure to the quarterback in different ways. You need to take the pressure off some of these young corners and just DBs in general. The safeties, like Nick kind of touched on, you know, we don't have the best defensive core out there. So help them out. Get the rush there so they don't have time to pass. And then you can allow some of these younger corners to get some momentum um, and, you know, potentially build upon their confidence. I guess that those were our keys of the game. Shannon, what's it going to what's the final score going to be? I always love to do a score prediction kind of as we're wrapping up here. We only got a few more minutes. Oh. What do you think the final score is going to be tonight of the rivalry game? Oh boy, I'm thinking oh, that's a hard one. I'm thinking there's going to be quite a few touchdowns, maybe 30 to 21. Okay. I'm thinking it's going to be a lower scoring lately, or at least in years past for the Border War. It always has been a very defensive matchup. So I'm going to err on the side of, I'm going to say 13-10. I'm going to say we're going to maybe see some field goals tonight and a true defensive stop. Um, I think the defense is going to have a fire underneath of them from their uh, defensive coordinator, what he said in the press conference this week. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Unfortunately, that is all the time we have for the pregame show this week. Like we said, tonight at 7 p.m. at Canvas Stadium, CSU will be taking on Wyoming in the Border War, so be sure to go out, support the Rams, catch them however you can. Shannon, I want to thank you for stopping by uh, and hanging out with us in the pregame show, and I hope that you'll be joining us again in two weeks. 
Absolutely, as long as you'll have me. I love being here and I love talking some Rams football. Well, we all love talking Rams football here at the KCSU Sports Department, and this is going to do it here for the pregame show, sponsored by Old Aggie Superior Lager. Be sure to have a great, safe, and or a great, safe night. Go Rams!